Hello, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Out of Bounds. As always, I'm your host, Spencer Brown. And joining me tonight, we have Dalton Bishop. Hey, Spence. And we have Christian Ernst. What is up? It's a very exciting day. Uh, World Series Game 1 just started about an hour ago, but they're still in the second inning. So um, that's where we're recording. The World Series, last week, you know, was not there yet because today's Game 1. Um, so let's start with baseball. Um if you recall our league championship series predictions, we all had Red Sox and Dodgers, and unfortunately, we were all were wrong. It ended up being the Astros and the Braves, which I'm happy to see. Atlanta, you know, first time since 1999 they're in the World Series. Astros, they're back in it, and they have looking for a little redemption because everyone hates them for stuff that we've all that you're all familiar with at this phone moment, but. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be a very good series here. You know, both teams, obviously, they're hot, playing hot, playing great baseball to get to this point right now. And my prediction this series, I'm going Atlanta in six. I think, you know, the Braves enter the playoffs with the fewest amount of wins, and I think they'll end up being the team that win it all anyway because they just have, they're just playing, like I said, hot baseball. I like Eddie Rosario. He had the most hits in a series in the league championship series. I, he's probably my favorite player this postseason so far. So I like him. Uh, I think the Braves pitching is going to be solid. And like the Astros, like I said, watching that Red Sox Astros series, the Astros, they played well enough they won the series, obviously. But in a couple of those games, they literally had like one inning where they did a lot of their damage. And the other eight innings, well, they didn't need to do much because they did a lot of damage in that one inning. But that's why I'm leading the Braves in this series. But I think it's going to be a fun series, definitely. Um, even if you're a casual baseball fan, I think you can still enjoy watching this series. Let's go to Dolan. Uh, what is your prediction for the World Series and overall takeaways? I got the Astros in six. Um, I think that uh, this Astros team is going to uh, obviously um, win – or else I wouldn't have predicted the Astros. Um, I do think it's going to be a close series, which is why I said six games. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jose Altuve for one. I mean, he's not he's a great leader for that team. Uh, I know people want to harp on, you know, cheating and stuff. And, uh, well, they got a new manager. And, you know, after all that cheating stuff died down, they're still good. Um, even playing, playing like everybody else is supposed to be playing. Um, so, I mean that that really speaks volumes that you know even even when they're when they're not cheating, they're still they're still being a great team. So, um, yeah, I think I think the Astros will pull it out. All right, so we got one Braves, one Astros. Uh, Christian, what is your World Series prediction this? Um. Well, I mean, if you're talking to me, you know, a couple months ago, I would say, oh, Dodgers and probably Rays, but both those teams being out and me being very in tune with baseball. Um, I have the Astros in seven, and I, uh, did I say Astros in seven when we talked last? That's I, what, yeah, that's why I had Brent. Yeah, you did. Kind of little like okay. the series. I, I'm just making sure. Like I didn't know about <laughs> six or seven. Um. I, I like the Braves, you know. I you know I respect them a lot. Um, 
because Atlanta has been kind of in the crapper when, when it comes to big moments and big games uh, not coming in clutch. Uh, 28-3 with Atlanta. Um, what a – man, what a thing. That Atlanta would only be proud of that uh, because things are not going great now, especially uh, with 28-3 in the, in the highlights. But uh, not doing great. The Hawks, um, you know, them being up and down. Now they looks like they're on and up, but who knows with that. And the Braves being in the World Series first time in like 20-some years. So it's great for them to get back into it, and hopefully they can win. Uh, right now they're 3-0, and and they could steal game one in Houston. But I think Houston has a better roster. I think they have a better culture. Um you know, I like, you know, I like the rotation that they got in, you know, in their bullpen. Um, and I think Houston, I think it's going to be a very tough series. But I think because Houston has been there, done that, and they have more experience in big games like this, I think I would just give Houston just the edge here. Uh, I like how you bring up it's been a while since the Braves made the World Series. I'm looking this up right now. The 1999 World Series, it was a sweep. The Yankees swept the the Braves. Game four of that series was October 27th, one day before you were born, Christian. Oh, wow. So you literally have not been alive during a Braves World Series until today. No, I have not. <laughs> I, I, by eight days on earth, I've got to witness that, I guess. I don't remember because that was seven days old when the series ended. Gosh. Just throw back there. Anyway, um, that's all. Well, actually, I got one more thing with baseball, and I don't have much of a takeaway on this. But the Cardinals promoted um, bench coach Oliver Marmol, is how I'm going to say it, to be their new manager. I guess continuity, you know, he's been with the team for a while, knows the players. I I don't know much about if that's a good player, good hire or not. He is 35 years old, which makes him the youngest manager in Major League Baseball. So if this is a home run hire, as they hope, in a way, then, you know, he could be the manager of this team for the next few decades. That's what I think they hope for in St. Louis, at least. Just hire a guy just to fire him years years later. Um, I guess he's been with the Cardinals organization since 2017 um, in the major league level. So, it's interesting getting a younger manager in there. But So, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, I don't know if it's a good – I don't have a strong takeaway, like best hire or worst hire. So far, it's the only hired offseason, but that's my takeaway so far. Christian, do you have any thoughts or takeaways from the uh, Cardinals making Oliver Marmel the youngest manager in Major League Baseball at this time? Uh, it's quite interesting. Um, you know, we have seen kind of this uh, move, not much in the NBA, but uh, with the NFL, we're seeing younger head coaches, college football. They're a lot younger. I mean, there are still several coaches in – Uh, college football I had to look this up for uh, something from work but there are you know close to 10 uh, head coaches in college football and not just like head coaches in general division one FBS college football coaches there's about almost 10 uh, coaches under the age of 40 and he is uh, how old like 33 34 35 is what I'm saying 35 okay so I was in the range um but yeah, like you're going to this younger, um, you know, this younger mentality, you know, trying to connect more with the players. Um, 
and have that, you know, it's not, even though he's older and he's much wiser, it's not, you know, a guy who's coach in like a different era of baseball or manage in a different era of baseball. Um, so I think that was a good part for uh, St. Louis. We'll see how he does. You know, they are coming off of a, um, uh, they are coming off of a, you know, wild card buy uh, in the playoffs this year. So maybe they can rally back and have a better season in 22. But uh, it's quite interesting, and I approve of it. All right. Dolan, do you have any uh, takeaways with the Cardinals hiring? Uh, yeah, well, let, let's let's see if they can get back to the playoffs with this guy. Because obviously the previous manager was not good enough when they made it to the wild card game. So they want more. Let's see if they can do it. Uh, that was pretty much my thinking behind it. Yeah. We'll to, again, wait and see approach here. Uh, obviously, like I said, um, Padres and Mets still have yet to make a hiring. Cardinals decided to promote from within. I do not think that the Padres and Mets will hire from within. They're going to seek an outside candidate. But okay, we'll just wait and see how that goes. Um, NBA right now, I do want to briefly talk. Okay, last week we did our preview. It's been one week. Uh, shout out to that song. It's been one week since the NBA season started. Um, as of now, we have four teams that are currently undefeated. Um, or is it three teams? I guess I misread something. It's three teams now. I haven't considered how to my notes yet. So we have three teams that are currently undefeated. We have the Chicago Bulls, the Golden State Warriors, and Utah Jazz. And we have three teams that are currently seeking their first win. Or excuse me, two. I did not update this this morning at all. I, I wrote this last <laughs> night. <laughs> uh, no, I, I need to do more research. than Because uh, because Clippers got a win yesterday. So there's two winless teams, the Pistons and the Thunder. Dolan, what's going on with OKC? I know it's a rebuilding year. We kind of all thought this. But what's going on with OKC, Dalton? You know, Spence, I am just as confused as you are, man. Um you know, I'm not really confused. I'm doing this. Been trying to figure out why we can't score over 100 points. I think the first time we scored over 100 points was against Philly. Um, and I'm just going to say this, but had it not been for Seth Curry's outstanding 20, I think it was 23 or 25 point first quarter, we might have won that game. But, you know, an L is still an L. Um, Actually, we're up right now at half against the Golden State Warriors, albeit they started really cold. And for once, we didn't start out cold either. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Spence, we just we just lack superstar power. I mean, that's pretty much it. Um, lots and lots of young guys who don't have that NBA experience yet. So, um, I'm not really expecting much. Um <laughs> I think this is going to probably going to be the first year and maybe a long time that the thunder will not be shown on television on Christmas day. Like that, like in like, in like 10 years, maybe roughly. Cause they've always had a superstar in OKC and now it's just star and then a bunch of young guys and role players and what have you. So, um, yeah, I'm just here for the process. Today, so. I saw a graphic earlier today so. that the Thunder have the youngest runner in the league and nobody over the age of 30 on that team. That is wild. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. So we got a bunch of kids out there, man. A bunch of kids against a bunch of adults. And, uh, hey, man, I'd be interested to see how this development thing goes. I'm I mean, hey, if you guys pull gems, up, then but... my, like I said, I already got my numbers wrong already. Might as well get him wrong later on if the Thunder pull up the yep. upset. Wendell's <laughs> team. And then the Bulls and Jazz. Um, well, yeah, they'll be undefeated. Well, the Jazz play later on the night. So, anyway, it's something to monitor. We probably will not see 82 and 0 at 82, but just something to monitor for the time being. Miami, I was very high on them, obviously. Um, just your thoughts on the team, other free agent acquisitions so far. Um, you know, I, I kind of expected this. Uh, I, I really wish we went three and Oh, uh, I hate that we lost, you know, against the Pacers, but I was very, very shocked, uh, of the, uh, bulls, uh, not the bulls, the bucks win. Uh, I was very shocked about that. I don't know how, you know, and I get it like, oh, it's the second game. You don't really need to pay attention, but I mean, Tyler hero, I mean, he kind of went off in that game. Um, and yeah, more it you know it was more um, you know kind of the backups and just kind of see what happened because I mean we whooped them by I think it was like thirty uh, how many was it? it was like almost forty two points it was forty two points against them and it just wasn't it didn't feel like it was close so obviously we started out real hot Pacers uh, wish it went a different way and. Um, the magic, obviously, like we're gonna beat the magic pretty easily, but I'm liking how I'm liking what we're doing. Um, you know, to be quite honest, I haven't been fully in tuned, so I'm not sure like exactly who's standing out uh, in the first three games of the season. But you know, I'm just glad we're two and one. I'm starting off hot, starting off strong, and hopefully we can keep this up uh, going into uh, the next several months. Yeah, it's good. Again, based this we're back to a full eighty-two game schedule, so I'm excited to see how this goes down. Um, Chicago being four zero, I was high on Chicago. I thought they were. I mean, I didn't have them like super high, but I thought they were a lot better. And they're after the best start since '97 when they won a championship. That was the second of the three, the second three P. So something to watch out for. Hockey again, briefly. Just want to mention, I did double check these numbers before. We went on AR. Should have done the same with basketball. But hockey, there's four undefeated teams, two winless teams as of now. They've been playing for, I think, two weeks now. Hockey started a week before. Uh, it's been, uh, you know, I'm just glad we get more hockey content. I haven't watched a whole lot. Just, we'll just flip it on the background, go from there. That's been some fun stuff. Uh, Dalton, you know, we had some very exciting races in uh, NASCAR Formula One. You know, Formula One was on U.S. soil this past weekend. So the floor is yours to discuss that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, as Spencer alluded to, it was on U.S. soil, specifically Austin, Texas. And uh, I was actually watching some of it, and I was very shocked, but not shocked. Sort of, um, sort of, uh, I don't know. Very surprised at what was happening. Um, basically, if you don't know that there's there's like certain there's like different types of tires, so like hard and soft tires uh, on on like so like when you're going on to uh, the track and racing, once you like lose your grip 
and you feel like it's time to go into pit and get a change, like change your tires. That's typically what racers will do. And so we got maybe, I would say about 15 to 20 laps in. And keep in mind, this is like a 50, 50 to 60 lap race. 15 and 20 laps in, uh, Lewis Hamilton was in the lead. And Max Verstappen actually had came into pit. And keep in mind, when you come into pit, racers are still going to pass you. So you have to make up time and get back up into the front like any normal race. And so Max Verstappen was in the pit, and he had dropped down to maybe from second all the way down to like fifth or sixth. And in Formula One, if you drop down that many places, it's going to be very, very tough to get back up. Like Daniel Ricciardo was in fifth the entire race. I kid you not. And he finished in fifth. So it's very, very tough to get back up there. And it takes certain things to happen, like racers who are in front of you to go into pit or what have you. So Lewis Hamilton had the lead for a few laps. I'm going to say maybe 10 to 20. And then he comes into pit not even 10 minutes later. And Max Verstappen took hold of the lead and kept that lead for the entire race. Uh, the entire rest of the race, excuse me, and uh, actually ended up getting the win. Uh, I thought that was very interesting uh, strategically, Max going into pit early. And so that way he didn't have to go into pit at all for the rest of the time that he was out there. Um, yeah, but uh, so like I alluded to, uh, Max Verstappen ended up winning the race. Lewis Hamilton came in second. Um Sergio Perez came in third, Charles Leclerc in fourth, and Daniel Ricciardo in fifth, as I, as I said, um, which yeah, that's going to be interesting. We're pretty much in the home stretch here. There's about five races left. Um, November 7th is the Mexican Grand Prix. Uh, that'll take place in Mexico, in, uh, Mexico City. Uh I, I, if I had to guess, I would probably say that Verstappen's going to win this one. Um, just because, you know, I think he has a sizable lead now where that confidence is just building up. And he's taken over. Um, if we go quickly to the standings, uh, Verstappen's got 287 points and to Hamilton's 275. So he's got a sizable lead. Uh and, you know, in the home stretch, I think it's going to be very, very tough to Hamilton for to, to have him, like, overcome that. Um, to uh, the constructors, uh, Mercedes is still in first, despite having Red Bulls, uh, drivers. I mean, these guys, uh, obviously, obviously, Verstappen's on the team. And then um, there's one more guy. Oh, Sergio Perez, who also came in third this past weekend so two Red Bull guys came in top five and I thought that it was going to be a lot closer than it actually is here Mercedes with a 460 and Red Bull with 437 um but yeah I mean it, I mean it's obviously going to be a tight race towards the end but I just have so much faith in Verstappen to pull it out at this point um I think I think really if he wins this next race this weekend and then I don't know. Comes in, comes in at least top three for the rest for the rest of the season. Um, he's he's basically gonna uh, come away with the crown. Um, 
so that's pretty much it for Formula One. Moving on to NASCAR, um, no surprise, Kyle Larson came in first over the weekend uh, in Kansas City, Kansas, followed by Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick, uh, Kurt Busch, and Hamlin. Uh, the next one is we got Martinsville, October 31st. And then um, Phoenix is the last one, November 7th. Um, so actually, yeah, that's – if I looked at my calendar real quick, yeah, yep. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, it's really the same thing here. I mean, Kyle Larson is just building building a lead up, and he's he's got 4,181 to Chase Elliott's 4,107. Uh, so that's a pretty sizable lead. I think as long as he – Comes in, comes in for uh, like top five. Uh, he should be able to pull it out with two races left. Uh, it's pretty much pretty much in, in the bag. Um, I mean, I'm not sure this was even close. Uh, Kyle Larson led for 130 laps. Chase Elliott's 42. Um, yeah, this wasn't even close. Um, but I mean, yeah, that's, that's that's pretty much all the all the news I got, Spence. Thank you for that, Dalton. Um, and races on Sunday, correct? Uh, yes, on Sunday. The NASCAR race is on Sunday. Yes, sir, it is. All right, so if you want to tune in, feel free. Uh, that wraps up our first part of the show. We'll be back with um, – well, we'll give our thoughts on the NFL when we come back from this quick ad break. And we're back from our ad break. Um, this week, the NFL, as we previewed last week, we – Looked at the matchups. It was a very uneventful schedule, and to say the schedule lived up to the lack of hype is an understatement. Like we had, by my calculation, three games total that had a one score. Um, that's under eight points. These games all had under three points. Just overall, very poor week in football. Um, lots of blowouts. We'll start with our favorite teams playing um, the Patriots. They took on the Jets this week. And like I said, blowout, it was 54 to 13 was the final score. Zach Wilson got in partway through the game, so he had to miss the end of it. He did not throw an interception. White, former WKU quarterback, came in. He had two interceptions thrown. Um, you know, Mac Jones looked great. I'll be, again, 54 is impressive. Is but like Mac Jones, he looked very good again. The Jets' defense is not the best defense in the NFL, I understand that, so I'm taking it with a grain of salt. But 307 yards on two touchdowns, uh, with two touchdowns, great day for him. Uh, Brian Hoyer even got in late, at through four passes, three, um, then were completed. And then early in the game, they had trick play where, uh, they, you know, it's a lot of uh, trickery that goes on in the NFL these days. Kendrick Bourne. Threw a pass to Nelson Aguilar for six early on the game. That just got it going. Uh, New York, they're not as bad as people probably wanted because they did beat the Titans, who are a very good football team. But it, it was just a very awful showing for the Jets. Uh, I'm obviously happy with the Patriots getting the win. Brandon Bolden, who has been a special teamer for part for most of his career, he's having to get a lot more of a role. He's becoming kind of like the James Whiteback where – because he led the team in receptions, six receptions, 79 yards, including a touchdown. So, both off his versatility later in his career. But, again, okay. um, 
if you look at the playoff standings, which doesn't mean much at like this stage, they're actually um, they're tied, but they have a tiebreaker over several teams, including the Kansas City Chiefs. So season ends today. The Patriots be considered better than the Kansas City Chiefs. Take that for what you want there. Let's go to Christian now. Washington, Green Bay. Um, also, you take it away. You explain uh, what you saw and your takeaways from that game. This um, this was not the game I was expecting, honestly. Like, I was expecting more kind of offensive firepower um, from Green Bay. And, I mean, Washington made this a two-touchdown game. I mean, it seriously could have been a one-touchdown game if Taylor Heineke's um, rushing touchdown wasn't called back. But at the end of the day, I'm happy. Um, man, we could not run the ball at all. I think we had a total of like not even 70 yards, something like that. Um, yeah, we had 57 yards on six on 15 carries. Uh, Aaron Jones <laughs> just did not do well. Uh, the longest run we had was 15 yards. Good job, Aaron. Uh, but I mean, we could not run the ball at all with our backs. Uh, Kill, uh, Killing Hill had two yards. AJ had six, and Aaron had 19, so we could not run it at all. And passing in the air, we did well. I mean, Aaron was 27 to 35 for 274 yards with three TDs. You know, Devontae had, you know, something to do with that. But all in all, we got the game, uh, we got the, you know, we got the game one. Um, you know, we're six and one. I'm proud of our team right now. Should we be seven and no? Yes, but a lot of teams. Can make the argument of well, we should have been this, but at the end of the day, we're six and one. We're doing just fine, uh, top of the NFC North, and got a pretty decent lead over to the other teams right now. But I mean, Washington. Here's the thing with them: like, I I think they're not as strong of a team, but at the same time, like at one point, yes, it's you know the quarterback position just not great. Another times it's you know their defense isn't doing well enough. Washington has been a very big bummer uh, so far this year, and um, hopefully they can try and bounce back and maybe you know see if they can deal with uh, Deshaun Watson case. Uh, it wouldn't be great as a whole franchise because Deshaun with all the stuff that the football team's going through, but Green Bay, you know we got the job done. You know, six and one, 24 to 10. It was a good game. Good win. Now, Dalton, your game had a little bit of a um, revenge factor on both sides from the blockbuster trade. I'll just have you explain what I'm throwing up to you this time. The floor is yours, Dalton. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think it, it, so. This actually happened on my birthday, which you're alluding to, Spence. Um, the Rams had traded Jared Goff. A couple of first round picks and I believe a third to the, to the Detroit Lions for Matthew Stafford. And so it was a little reunion this weekend. Um, yeah, it was it was interesting for the first, well, I don't know, 10 minutes. Um, my team didn't have their offense on the field until I think it was the end of the first quarter. Um, the, De- the Detroit Lions pulled out all the stops, gentlemen. I kid you not. So they get the ball first. They score off a screen pass. It's seven to nothing. 
They go to kickoff, and it's an onside. They recover the onside, go all the way down, kick a field goal. So we go down, they score, and then what they do is we we uh, so we kick a field goal. It's ten to three. I think we stop them on third down in the next drive, and then it's a fake punt. So they throw it to the guy who's wide open, and they gain enough for a first down. So that keeps our defense on the field. And they go down, kick another field goal. And we get the ball back. We score a touchdown. And then I think later on in the game, they did another fake punt. And this time it was a run. And that was good enough, good enough for a first down. Um, they were trying their hardest to win this game for, for, for golf. And, uh, obviously they hadn't had a win yet. So, I mean, it was interesting. I was, I told, I can't remember who I told, but I mean, I was, I was cheering on the Lions, to be honest with you. Like, I know, I know more Rams fan, but I mean, that was like, kudos to you for having the, uh, what's the right word for this? Uh, having the audacity to do that. Not even at home. You're on the road. Uh, those are the things that probably kept them in the game. We ended up winning by nine points, but, uh, you know, Matthew Stafford, 28 for 41, 334 yards, three touchdowns and enter zero, zero INTs. Uh, Jared Goff, uh, I love the guy, but when it came down to crunch time, you know, what was going to happen. They went all the way down the field towards the end of the, towards the end of the fourth quarter. And they're in the red area, and they're like they're like in the uh, uh, close to the uh, goal line, and it's this pass play. Erdotto gets the inside pressure, um, makes golf throw a bad pass, um, and Jalen Ramsey picks him off, and that's pretty much the game. And then and then uh, Jared threw another interception after that when they try to get the ball back and try to score. Um, so he finished the game with 268 yards, one touchdown, and two INTs. Um, Jared's just getting a glimpse, a taste, a taste of what uh, dysfunction the uh, Detroit Lions organization is uh, and what Matthew Stafford had to deal with for over a decade. Um, so, uh, I mean, kudos kudos to, to, my, to my Rams for pulling it out. Um, I mean, this uh, the Detroit Lions. I will give them this. They're they're a, they're a tough tough team. Um, they don't back down from a fight. Uh, it kind of sums up their city and and all the people that live in Detroit, Michigan. So, um, yeah, I mean that's cool. We're we're up to six and one now, and uh, and that, I think the uh, this upcoming week we have we have this we have the Texans. I will say for all the betters out there. If you bet the Rams, I'm sorry, but you lost a lot of money this past weekend. Like this was ridiculous. I think the I think the spread was 17, something like that, and uh, 16 and a half, and we only won by nine. So I mean, if you bet the Lions plus 16 and a half, you're a G. You're a real one. And yeah, this but- week, what? I'm looking at oh, ESPN has Arizona listed as a 20 point favorite last week against the Texans, and they covered that. 
I thought it was like eight. 17, but so Texas put up five points last week. You think they're going to score a touchdown this week against the Rams? I don't know, dude. I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't have maybe, any faith. Well, I heard that maybe Ty, maybe Ty Rams will cover back. fourteen and a half. I, I really don't have any faith. Um, I think we'll probably have a narrow win like we did last week. Very close against Houston. Two possession towards the end, but very close. Um, anyway, back to you, Spence. All right. Um, like I said, very uneventful week of football. As I just said, the Texans put five points on the board. That is abysmal. I mean, Bears put up the three. Bears. <laughs> Bears put up three. Kansas City put up three. Houston put up more than Kansas City last week. Oh my gosh, third. dude! Carolina put up three. Yeah, my I'm gonna say Carolina as well, but you got me to it. Yes, like I said, this was a very bad week, and this was outside. Next week's not even bad. But before we get there, best game, which we do every week, the our what we thought was the best game. We try to pick different games. Uh, but this is like literally three games to choose from. I'll let Christian go first. What was uh, your game of the week in this abysmal week of football? Um, now I, I was talking to you guys. I think it was yesterday, <laughs> and it was basically how I'm going to take this is just the biggest game in the sense of this was eye opening. This was shocking. This kind of talks a lot about the other teams. And the game to kind of focus on was the Kansas City-Tennessee game. And here's why. Tennessee is the best team in the AFC South. And how they're playing, they are playing like one of the best teams in the AFC, period. Baltimore, Cincinnati, they're up there. Kansas City. Like, if you take – now, this is like one of the best offenses – like, Patrick Mahomes is still destroying drives and everything, and they're doing well in several drives, but their defense is abysmal. And what, what did I say? Now, now, Derrick Henry didn't have a great game by any means. He only had, like, 86 rushing yards. But he did have a touchdown pass, though. He did have a touchdown pass, and a, I think a touchdown run, too. So, for fantasy, real boosts you up. But, like, he didn't do as well as I thought. But he did, you know, he did good enough, and Ryan did really well, um, and made this Kansas City team really look into themselves. We always ask the question, like we all thought Kansas City was going to be the dynasty team uh, for the next several years, and like they don't really need a defense because Mahomes can just carry them. That is completely false because Mahomes has like eight turnovers. He has like. Uh, I think nine or ten interceptions. He has like several fumbles. This is like one of the worst turnover team, like turnover turnover wise. It's like the last or second to last. Like they are terrible when it comes to keeping ball, to keeping possession. And if they didn't cause you know even half those turnovers, I think they win in a lot of these games. They win in Baltimore. They probably win uh, maybe against Buffalo. They have a lot of these games where it's like, you're there. What are you doing? You're shooting yourselves in the foot. And Kansas City just really has to look themselves in the mirror and say, like, who in the heck are we? Like, we are paying Patrick Mahomes for 10 years, and we have no defense. And, like, we're going to be, like, okay enough where we're not going to have a top pick. So, they're, you know, they're not going to go after uh, Thibodeau out of Oregon. They may not get one of the better uh, pass rushers or better secondary players 
like uh, Derek um, uh, Stingley. LSU guy. Yeah. Yes, LSU, Derek. Um, they're not going to get him. They're not going to get, like, uh, the best talent because they're already, like, mediocre. And Kansas City, I mean, they just got to look themselves in the mirror and be like, who the heck are we? They got to work on, like, substitutions. They got to, you know, work on just keeping the ball. And Pat Mahomes, like, and I love and respect the dude. He's, he's a great football talent. But I, I saw this, and it's kind of interesting. He's a Jameis Winston with a hairband, uh, with a headband. Like, he, he's just like, oh, he's great for one moment. And then the next game, he is going to turn over football four times just on stupid plays. Like, and he's trying to keep the ball alive and be flashy. And that's Mahomes' logo. It's just being the flashy guy. Not being accurate, not being precise, not going through your reads. It's just, hey, somebody's out there somewhere. Throw it, not even looking at him. And it's going to cost you. So, you know, Pat Mahomes really has to focus in on, I got to be the quarterback, not just, you know, the flashy, you know, quarterback that everybody saw several years ago, be more like Tom Brady, be more like Aaron Rodgers, and just, you know, stay in the pocket, focus in on, you know, your throws and everything, and, you know, don't look at your brother dancing on the sideline where you throw the football. That's just simple. But Tennessee, it was a great win for them, and it shows that when Derek's not great, Tannehill could be really good, and when Tannehill's mediocre like he usually is, King Henry's going to go off. So, it's bigger for Tennessee, but Kansas City, they got to look themselves in the mirror. They got to change something. The trade line, like I said, it's a week away. Hopefully, maybe they can trade someone good. Uh, for me, the game of the week, I, it, it's low scoring, I know. But honestly, last night, Seahawks, it was a close game. Alvin Kamal, seems like every time you looked up, he had the ball. He had 30 touches on the game. I, on the ground, didn't have 128 yards through the air, so it was a big player. Um, and then Geno Smith for the third straight. Who would have thought? If you would have asked me a few weeks before Russell went down, if who the Seattle's backup was, I wouldn't be able to tell you. If Geno Smith was in the league, I would have said no. Uh, and Geno, clearly, we see why he's the backup quarterback. He is very poor decision making in the final two minutes of the game. They lost three straight games. And he's turned the ball over in all situations. And well, he just took awful sacks if you watch the game. But again, it kept us. It kept. It was entertaining enough. The second half was pretty boring until that uh, last second field goal by um, who was it? The kicker, Brian Johnson, who was just making his first ever um, NFL game playing. I don't know what happened to the Saints' previous kicker was injured or whatnot. Um, oh, Lutz out for the season is what this report says. So Brian Johnson looks pretty good so far. So that was my game of the week. I know it was a low-scoring game, very, uh, very poor by Jim Smith. But I'm glad Jameis Winston might be able to go to the playoffs this year and get some kind of redemption from that last year from Tampa Bay. Dolan, what was your game of the week for week seven? The Falcons and the Dolphins. Now hear me out. No, that was a good it game. I just close. didn't watch that game enough to have an opinion. It was close. Um, and, you know, the Falcons went up early, and Tua was able to rally the troops like we all thought that he could and throw for four touchdowns and two picks. 
32 for 40. I mean, that's pretty good, gentlemen. Uh, and unfortunately, they lost on a on a walk-off field goal again. Um, the Atlanta Falcons were able to pull out the dub and not blow another lead. Um, look at that. I mean, they're they're sitting at three and three right now. The Falcons are, um, which is not bad for where people thought they would be. Um, you know, after losing Julio Jones, um, yeah, this is good. Not Miami, ah, jeez. I mean, Miami, they had a nice, a nice squad, but I mean, this was just an underwhelming year so far. Um, I think the word, I think that word might actually be like, in a complete like, like there's got to be a better word for underwhelming instead. The letdown, um, god awful letdown. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's. I mean, we'll probably we can we can talk to Dolphins fans though. They don't even say words like me and Spence know a Dolphins fan, and he hasn't said a single word on Sundays. I can't even tell if he's alive anymore. Um, I know last year he used to talk, 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 talk. They were good last year because they also had Fitzpatrick to match one and two six. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but this year it's nothing, man. Nothing. They can't even win at home. You go, you beat at home, dude. Like that's. It's tough, tough when a team when a team goes into your house and beats you down. Um, but that's the NFL. Um, very close game though. It's nice. Yeah. Um, on to our uh, biggest surprise of the week. Uh, as Christian alluded to, you kind of step. I don't want to say step over this because I guess it's a takeaway that we all probably had is the Titans and the Chiefs. Now, if you remember last week's episode. Um, I, for whatever reason, picked Kansas City to win the game. You guys both picked the Titans. I'm, I wish I picked the Titans like I did the previous week. But then it, Titans have an interesting team, you know. They lose to the uh, the Jets, the only team the Jets have beat this year. But that game, you look at it, the Titans, you know, Julio's not playing, A.J. Brown's not playing. Not an excuse, but that's just the facts. They weren't. So Jets win that game. Not too much of a surprise. And then, you know, the Titans, they beat Buffalo, and then they just dismantle Kansas City. Uh, I get like I get, now, Everything Christian says is what I agree with. Something needs to happen in Kansas City because Mahomes, if I'm not mistaken, his salary, his extension, hits next year. That cap hit is going to be very large. And it's very hard to build around a team with a quarterback with a cap hit that's going to be as high as Mahomes is. But, you know, Titans seem to be going the right direction. Derrick Henry – um, continues to show that he's probably the best running back in football right now and that he could even carry a team. Maybe it's just like Tennessee a few years ago where he can carry that team to the conference title game again. Uh, Dolan, your biggest surprise from uh, this week or overall in the season? I didn't realize that the Baltimore Ravens were going to flake again and give up 41 to the Bengals. Um, I thought it was going to be a lot closer than it actually was. And apparently the Ravens defense just wasn't in the stadium that day, gentlemen. It was just the Bengals offense throwing to their players. I mean, they there was no defense there. Um, on the other side, the Bengals defense was able to get to Lamar Jackson. Um, 
and I mean that was that was pretty good. Um, we, we we've been we've been talking about the Bengals' offensive line and how average they can be. Look, man, if average is good enough for you to put up forty-one points, then let's be average. I mean, that's um, and this is. This is basically like the Ravens' defense. They like to blitz, apparently. Their MO, um, one of the higher percentages in blitzing. Um, and Joe Burrow just takes advantage of it. I think I saw something about how he's, he's like a freaking outstanding statistically when he's blitzed. Uh, that's great news for Bengals fans. Uh, especially when you have to face the Baltimore Ravens, the Steelers, and the Browns all twice a year. And now they're kings of the north, man. The Bengals are here, and uh, they're gonna gonna—they're probably going to keep it rolling uh, for the rest of the season. I mean, the Bengals, as of now, are the one seed in the AFC. I don't think any of us would have thought, thought that uh, going into the year. None of us even had the Bengals in the playoffs, for what it's worth. Uh Christian, your biggest surprise from this past weekend? Um, literally anybody can be good at any time. And here's how I'm going to explain this. There are times in the NFL and even college football where some teams just don't show up and some teams aren't great in other moments. You know, you see Tennessee. Um, Tennessee, two weeks ago, or really this time three weeks ago, lost to the New York Jets. And we thought this was, you know, so funny. The Titans are, like, if Derrick Henry is not great, if he is not having three touchdowns a game, Tennessee can't win. Well, Derrick Henry had two touchdowns, and yet they still killed what the, the preseason favorite to go in the Super Bowl for three of us. So, it's like, where, where is this Tennessee team? And then we look at a team like New England. New England sometimes can't, you know, do well, but yet they destroy the New York Jets. And what about the Giants? They got rolled over, and then they go back and roll over. And Carolina had an overtime loss against Minnesota. They only scored three points. So, my biggest surprise is that you really don't know who's going to win, really. Like, you can say, oh, yeah, Kansas City and Tennessee, that's going to be a really good game. Cincinnati-Baltimore, that's going to be a really good game. Tampa and Chicago, even though, you know, I'm not surprised by the blowout, we thought that was going to be a bigger game. And, like, in all these blowouts that are going on, it's like, okay, then this team should be good. And then the team that commits the blowout, gets blown out the next week. So it's like, like, what is the NFL? Because we're expecting real good matchups, and they turn out to be blowouts. Or we're not expecting good games here, and they could be our game of the week next week. So it's just kind of wild seeing how up and down some of these teams are. Um, And it could be due to – you know, fans back in the stadiums. It could be to, you know, possibly a lot of a lot more players are injured. Uh, COVID nineteen list is still going on. It's eliminating a lot of players and practice time and stuff. 
it could be a lot of factors, but it's just a big surprise of the season that even though, you know, uh, Cincinnati put up 41 against Baltimore, you know, this weekend when they play um, – um, They play the Jets this weekend. Jets. When they play the Jets. Um, if they play the Jets, it could actually be a touchdown game. Like, we just don't know, like, you know, Green Bay did real well, but they may blow out Arizona. Like, it, it, it's just so weird how some of those – how some of these teams and games have been just one-sided when before it's like, oh, this team's not good, but yet it happens. Yeah, that's why I don't uh, – I like looking at lines, but I don't gamble because I don't want to lose any money. <laughs> and <laughs> For real. Um now on to our overrated underrated segment of the week. For me, overrated, I'm going with the coach. And it's a guy that I I love this I've loved this coach before and I've thought highly of this guy. But unfortunately, what we've seen this year is the opposite. That's Brian Flores, Miami Dolphins head coach. You know, we I gave him a lot of credit because he was de facto defensive coordinator in 2018. Um that season where the defense was really good, won a Super Bowl that year, and then he takes the Dolphins and then, you know, plays spoiler again in New England that last week. Last year, there were a game out of the playoffs, and you think, okay, they were building on something. Two of his interceptions were – those are on two because two made some very bad reads, especially in the second. But you're one in six this year, and it's still – Flores, it would not – out of the job, at least out of Miami this year, and then he takes the image um, somewhere else. But um, thing he's one six. I don't know what else to say. Miami, we thought they were. Unfortunately, I didn't think they were a playoff team, but I thought for sure they better than what they are. And then underrated. I don't want to keep harping on my own guys. I don't like to come off biased, but Brandon Bolden has shown me that he's more than just a special teams player. He's been pretty good all year, but Sunday against uh, the Jets, you know, he had a bigger role on that offense. He took that, like I said earlier, the James White role where he's going out of the backfield, catching pass, scoring a touchdown. So Brandon Bolden, very underrated player. And I think he other performance as good as that, but he's definitely – if you're trying to scheme against New England, you got to watch out for that pass catching back. Christian, underrated player team. Take it how you want uh, for this past week. Uh, underrated, the Cincinnati Bengals. At the beginning of this year, we were all kind of in agreement that Baltimore and Cleveland would kind of own the uh, race. It would just be a two-team race. Pittsburgh would fall a little bit back, and Cincinnati would go up. Now, I did think Cincinnati was going to take another step forward. I was not the biggest fan of the Jamar Chase draft pick. That, that's just me. I did not think Jamar Chase was going to be the highlight that he is, and I did not think – I thought they needed offensive line for Penae Sewell. Even though Panay is doing fine in Detroit, he's not doing great. He's a rookie, I get it, but he's do like he's probably one of the you know besides Frank Ragno, uh, their center. Um, Panay is their best offensive lineman, and it, I don't think it's even close. But, you know, between him and Frank, um, 
and, you know, him, Frank, and the rest of the team. But Joe Burrow is just another daggum level. Like, I thought Joe was not going to be super great. Um, I thought he was going to be good and he could be something. And we saw signs of greatness uh, with Joe Burrow. But that defense, it didn't have Trey Henderson. Um, Bates did not come out of his shell until kind of middle into the season last year. And now it's kind of like, okay, Cincinnati looks like they're a real freaking team now. And unlike the uh, Andy Dalton, Marvin Lewis days, if Cincinnati's in the playoffs, I think Cincinnati's going to win a game. Now, I'm not saying they're Super Bowl bound. I'm not saying – like, a lot of stuff can happen. You know, you know, knock on wood, but, you know, Jamar could get injured against the Jets. Joe can get injured. Trey Henderson can get injured. Jesse can get injured. And, like, anybody in, in Cincinnati could get injured uh, this Sunday against the Jets. But what I've seen – I did not think Cincinnati was going to be great. You guys could be very different. You thought they could have been this well. I did not. I thought Cincinnati would fight Pitt to get third place in the AFC North. Now they're sitting on top of, I think, the AFC in general. Like yeah, they're the one seed right now. With, which and is Vegas is two. Vegas is two, for what it's worth. Vegas, wow. Um, so, yeah, the top two teams, not, not what I was expecting. And the top two teams I thought would be there, they're kind of underwhelming right now. Um, I, w- I would say Kansas City and the Browns, just FYI. I uh, wouldn't say the Ravens. But um, Cincinnati is just one of those underrated teams. They're one of the teams that is probably going to go last to first, maybe. I mean, we always hear about it. We always hear first to last and last to first. Cincinnati looks like they're the real team this year in the AFC North. Um you know, handle your business in New York. Try not to get injured. But uh, I think Cincinnati is like the real deal. And it's they were very underrated. And I'm glad they're doing as well they are. All right. You do have for overrated right now. Overrated? I mean, I would say Kansas City, but I said that last week. I think overrated was Tua. I want to say it's Tua in Miami. And I, I'll put myself on this horse. I thought Tua was going to be the better quarterback of the uh, 2020 draft class. I thought he was going to be better than Joe. I thought he was going to be better than uh, Justin. I thought he was going to be, wasn't, uh, I, you know, definitely Jordan Love. I forget him all the time. Um, I thought Tua was going to be great. I thought Tua was going to take that next step and be a leader of this team and really have a good competition with Buffalo. Even though I wouldn't think, I, th- I thought Buffalo would win the AFC East. Sorry. Spencer, with your Pats. I mean, I'll be all bit on Buffalo, so. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought Miami would be more competitive. Uh, and that's what it kind of was the first week. It's kind of like, okay, they need to get some stuff figured out. But, you know, they want to know, you know, they'll figure stuff out as the season goes on. Um, they can't. They lose in London. They lose to Atlanta for all teams. Come on. Um, so they're not looking great right now in Tua. He, like, he's the odd man out. They know at the end of the year, Tua, you're getting traded. Like, your first-round pick, your options aren't going to get picked up. And, I mean, in this in this draft class, it's not great. Like, it's not great at all. I mean, the tip, the top couple guys, everyone thought in this draft class, uh, they're kind of underwhelming or they're sitting on the bench right now. So, 
Uh, for a team like Washington, I think Tua is an upgrade over Taylor. I think he would be uh, not really an upgrade over uh, Danny Dimes in New York. Um, maybe Detroit. Like, I, I think Tua is only chance to try and do something to revive his career is Washington or uh, not really Denver. I would want Teddy over Tua. But Tua is just, uh, you know, he was definitely overrated when, you know, they picked him up. They thought he was going to be the answer. He's not. Um, so hopefully they figure out the Deshaun Watson situation and then move on from there. Yeah, definitely something to monitor uh, going into the trade deadline next week is if Deshaun Watson gets moved. And like he says, it appears likely that Miami is the strongest offer right now. Again, something to monitor going forward. Dolan, who do you have for your overrated and underrated player, team, coach, etc.? The floor is yours. My, oh, uh, let's see, overrated and underrated. Um, I'm going to go with the Raiders. Um, being like, um, specifically uh, Derek Carr. Um He's completely underrated. Um, he didn't have Darren Waller last week, and they put up over 30 points, albeit against the Philadelphia Eagles. But, um, you know, we've seen that Derek Carr can lift up this team uh, and and continually win. Um, as for completely overrated, um. Gosh, it's got to be San Francisco, the 49ers team as a whole. They've only had win one one season of which they, it was it was a it was a complete winning season, and that season they went to the Super Bowl. All the other seasons have been losing seasons. I can't help but think uh, if it's gonna be like this again at the very end of the season, is Kyle Shanahan gone? Are they gonna be looking for a different GM? John Lynch gone. Um, something to, something to definitely uh, watch out for. Yeah, I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons, and they were talking about how Kyle Shanahan's winning percentage is not like forty five percent around that range. It's not good. He said like the one really good year. So that's actually another thing. Is Shanahan on the hot seat? I don't think he is necessarily, but definitely something to monitor. Anyway. On to our uh, picks for the week, the five games. Um, it's very difficult to pick five because these games are, as we all have said together, not very strong, except for one game. This one game we're all confident, and even my name we get good anymore. It's Packers Cardinals Thursday night, Christian's birthday, his favorite team playing. You know what, Christian? You take the floor first. Uh, per, you tell us about this matchup and who you think is going to win it. Well, thank you, man. And also, for those who are uh, listening, so it will be my birthday, but it will also be my sister's. Uh, it's really weird how this has happened. We are two years apart on the exact same day. So my sister is two years and about like an hour or two older than me. So, you know, that's always kind of a weird thing. Birthday parties when we were younger was weird. But uh, this is on my birthday. And, you know, come home from work. You know, have a nice, you know, since I'm over 21, have a little nice beer, 
just enjoy the game. Um, I'm nervous as crap, honestly. Um, the spread opened at three points, which you guys, you know, if you listen to this podcast, you should know what spread is. It's basically how, you know, how many points a team is favored by. Uh, Arizona opened at negative three. So they were favored by three points. Now it's up to, I think, seven and a half last time I checked because of the Devontae Adams situation. So Joe Burry um, is, you know, he has COVID-19. He sadly caught it, whether it was uh, last week against Washington, passing a random person in the facility or what have you. He has COVID-19, so he is out for the next week and a half. And due to contact tracing, several of the Green Bay players, including that's wide receiver in the NFL, Devontae Adams, is out. Now, he has to go through a lot of these steps, uh, two negative tests in 24 hours. So we could see Devontae, you know, back on the field anytime soon to play against Arizona, but who knows? Uh, this is going to be a very tough game. We did not have a great um, running game against Washington's front, which Washington's front, it's not as great as we thought, but it's, you know, it's playing better. And Arizona's is really good. You know, Chandler is not going to be there, but J.J. Watt and others on that defensive front are going to be, you know, really tough for Aaron Jones to run the football. So, Green Bay has to throw it. So, Alan Lazard is also listed on that COVID-19 list. So, basically got, you know, we got MVS who may return. We got Randall Cobb. Um, we got really nobody. Amari Rogers could do something. Uh, St. Brown could do something. Who knows with uh, our receiving core not being that deep because, you know, first-round picks are just going to uh, backup corners to allow Arizona and other teams to score on them uh, in the passing game. But, you know, I digress. But I think this is going to be a very tough game. For my birthday, I would really want Green Bay to win. But in talking with these predictions, I think Arizona does win this game. Uh, it's at home. Arizona's on fire, um, especially if Devontae Adams is out. I think it's tough. Uh, and I'm going to stick with Arizona even if Devontae does play just because they're on fire. You know, they are doing really good. They got an explosive uh, tight end at Zach Ertz who scored a touchdown in his first game in Arizona. So, you know, they got more and more of an explosive offense. They're doing very well on, de- on defense. Uh, their run defense is, you know, really good. I love their front seven. I think Arizona does take this game, even though I would hate it. And 6-2 and two is not bad, especially how, how much of a lead we're in right now in our division. Um, with Chicago and San Fran, uh, Philly and Detroit, and then Minnesota against Dallas. I'm confident we're we may you know there's not going to be a, a win in the NFC North. I'm I can say that confidently. I don't think there will be. So I got Arizona being Green Bay. You're lucky Miami's not the Heat aren't playing. They have the 27th and the 29th. As uh, while we're talking about birthdays, my birthday was last Wednesday, the 20th. The Celtics, Bruins, and the Red Sox all three played. And all three took the L. So, ah. hope, uh, hope for your sake, hope the Packers win. But, yeah. uh, like well, you I said, mean, 
at the end of the day, I mean, just enjoy a game. If it's a close game and you lose, yeah, it's going to suck. But, like, I watch my boys play on my birthday. So, that's awesome. Yeah. It's definitely an enjoyable uh, occasion to have your favorite team playing on your birthday. But, like you said, Devontae Adams looks like he's going to be out, although he may be – because it was on Sunday so he, or Monday when they announced. So, he could, depending on how the testing is going on. Now, if you listened last week, you know that I said that I'm not – don't necessarily think coaching is that big of a factor. Uh, yes, it matters. But like I said, like Cliff Kingsbury had COVID or tested positive COVID. Carl's not miss a beat at all. Um, you know, Green got fired. Raiders have won two straight since then. So I think the defense for Green maybe we, but like I said, the offense without Lazard, without Adams, if, even if he, Adams is playing, I don't. That team is just, they're red hot right now. They got too much weapons on offense. Yes, as you sit here in basketball, there's only one ball. Who is Kyler going to throw to? Who's the defense going to cover? You can you can't double team someone because you leave someone wide open. Or better, like the blanket coverage. That'd be the Cardinals, in my opinion. I think, um, like I said, they're just playing hot. That the Cardinals undefeated season continues. Now, Don, do you think the Cardinals undefeated season continues, or do you see Green Bay pulling off the upset shorthanded? Um, I would really like Green Bay to win this game, but I don't think they do, just because uh, Devontae is going to be out. Um. The Cardinals' offense is stacked. I mean, it's they got players everywhere. When healthy, um, probably the best all-around team in the league. Um, I this weekend, um, or excuse me, Thursday night uh, to be exact. Um, yeah, but I do hope it's close. And if Green Bay has a chance to win it in the end, I hope they pull it off. But for now, give me the Cardinals. All three Cardinals. Next game, we have 1 o'clock Steelers and the Browns. Pittsburgh 3-3 three three coming off a bye week. Cleveland 4-3 coming off a Thursday night game. So both teams have had ample, ample time to prepare for this game. Um, Cleveland's last game, you know, Case Keenum stepped in against the Broncos. Lemda victory, 17-14. So... And it's still questionable right now. I'm going to lean eventually does not play. I think labor injury just – it seems like it would be a little, like not the wisest decision in the world to, um, you know, go and rush it back this early. That being said, Pittsburgh, as we've alluded to, they have been pretty abysmal on offense. You know, the O-line does not get Najee any time. Big Ben has looked broken from time to time. Deontay Johnson, the only bright spot on that offense, it seems, for Pittsburgh. Games are always tricky to predict. And like we joked last week about you might as well just pick anyone you want because it doesn't matter using any logic here. There's no logic behind me picking the Steelers to win this game, but I'm going with Pittsburgh. On the road, because, you know, division games, you never know how those are going to go. And Dawn knows, knows, knows firsthand how the NFC West games can be. I know from the AFC East from New England, I'm pretty sure the same as with the North, although Green Bay seems to own that division the last few years. But I got Pittsburgh in this game. Dalton, how do you see Pittsburgh-Cleveland going down Sunday, 1 o'clock, first energy stadium? I think it's going to be close. Uh, I picked against Cleveland last week, and it came back to bite me in the you-know-where. Um, not great. Not great at all. 
Uh, Nick Chubb's questionable. I think if Nick Chubb plays, that they'll be fine. They'll be able to run the ball, but uh, very tough to predict. Um, I'm going to pick the Browns uh, for right now. All right. Christian, how do you see the Steelers-Browns game going down? Um, so, uh, Cleveland, you know, they won the game against Denver, which I think I was wrong on. I think I said Denver. No, you, I do in Cleveland, at least. That's why I had oh. written down. Oh, well, oh, then I'll say I was right then. <laughs> but, um, Cleveland, uh, uh, that's right. I switched my pick because of, uh, Case Keenum. You told me about, uh, Keenum was starting. But, but yeah. I said it was going to be a close game and not really high scoring because a lot of players in Cleveland are hurt, and it really takes off a lot of the team. Denver has just been very underwhelming, and I'm not really shocked. They don't have – like, I love Teddy Bridgewater to death, but he, he's just not – like, he's not the dynamic guy that they need. They just have – you know, I think coaching has to do with it. They don't have – they don't look like they have a great offensive system – to really compete with a lot of teams. It looks more college kind of based, which it's going more to the NFL, but it, it doesn't feel like it's an NFL kind of offense. Um, Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh, he'll figure out something. Um, I don't think Pitt's probably going to be in the playoffs, but I think they're going to you know play upset in Cleveland. Cleveland should be way better than what they are because of their defense. And offense, it flip-flops every other game. But, you know, I, and I'm saying this if, you know, everyone on the injury report uh, today is going to be rolled out. Um, if Baker is out, if Chubb is out, if Jarvis and Odell are out, if Denzel is out, if Conklin uh, is out, if all those top players in Cleveland, even just half of them are out, I don't really trust this team that much. And I think Denver is a little bit worse than Pittsburgh in terms of defense. I think Pitt's defense is a really good defense. And the reason Pitt's not doing so well is because their offense can't do much. And, you know, Pitt is like scrapping by games because their defense carries them. And I think in this game, because, you know, the injured Browns are – you know, taking a hit with Baker being out and Chubb being out and everything. And I guess it's a division game, but I think Pitt, especially with the Mike Tomlin, USC comments coming out, um, they want to try and win for their coach and, you know, make him stay in Pitt. So I think it's going to be Pittsburgh taking the dub. I mean, Tomlin today said, he's like, never say never, but I'm never leaving Pittsburgh to take a college job. Like, that makes no sense at all. That Straight from Tomlin during a press conference earlier today. Um, also, I forgot to mention that Sunday's Halloween, so it's spooky season. So maybe we'll see some, um, you know, maybe, you know, Sam Darnold's going to be seeing ghosts on the field whenever he's playing. Um, either way, there's going to be some, maybe there's going to be some chaos on Sunday because of that. Next game I have on the docket, uh, division game as well. Tennessee at Indianapolis. You know, they split the series last year. Both teams made the playoffs. Um, the Colts needing a win to get to 500 and also make an interesting case for um, that division race out there. And 
I don't know how both matchups correctly when the because we did both the times the teams like, they were just that good last year. I have no logic behind this, but they're playing in at home. I think just for a bit of a regression. You know, they played Buffalo and Kansas City back to back weeks. They look good in both those games. I think they're gonna. I guess they overlook Indianapolis because it is a division game, but I think they're gonna regress a little bit. Indianapolis, you know, coming off a monster Francisco. They're playing indoors, luckily. No weather will be a factor. But I do love me some Jonathan Taylor. And I think Taylor's gonna be able to get through, get some good plays going on. I think Pittman can be a big factor. TY's questionable. I'm not sure if he plays or not. The Colts at home against the Titans this week. Now, you guys have been back and forth on the Titans. It seems like if I pick them, you guys don't pick them. If I pick against them, you guys pick them. So is that going to continue this week? We'll see. I'll go Christian first. How do you see Titans and Colts going down on Sunday? You know, and I I said this several, I think it was either last week or two weeks ago, but I talked about how I thought the Colts – being one and four at the time was really good for them, you know, because Seattle game, like you know, I was saying how like um, even though they're a losing record, I still think it's good for them and better could come out of it. Seattle, what we know Seattle now to be, they should have probably won that game. Um, they almost came back and beat the Rams. They, you know, lost by only nine against Tennessee. It was a close game towards towards the end. Uh, Miami is Miami. Uh, Baltimore, I mean, they just choked. And then they beat up Houston and beat San Fran by 12. Um, I think the Colts look really good. Carson Wentz looks pretty good. Looks like 2017-2018 Carson Wentz. This looks like the number two overall pick. Does he still make mistakes? Yes. Um, And I'm not going to blame really him on some of the mistakes or more his running backs and receivers. Uh, there were several plays uh, that wide open wide receivers dropped the football because it was a tsunami almost in San Fran and other parts of the West Coast where they just had a ton of rainfall, which you know in California you really never see. But I think the Colts are on an upward, even though you know they may lose this week. They got the Jets and the Jacks. That can really even them out, and it could be five and five going up against the Buffalo Bills. And you know that two week stretch between them and Tampa Bay will be tough. And then they got easier Texans, mediocre Patriots. Sorry, um, <laughs> Cardinals tough, and then Raiders and Jacks to finish the season. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying like Patriots, what we're seeing right now, they're not bad, but they're not great. They're kind of in the middle. Um, and I think you agree with me on that. Yeah. But I think Indianapolis takes this win because of some of the points you raised. They they had a you know tough game Monday night against the Bills. They had a real blowout, you know, big game against Kansas City. You know, could you know, could they fall back a little bit and the Colts kind of sneak up on them and win? I think so. I thought I was going to be the only one picking the Colts, honestly. Because you'll be like, oh, Tennessee's real good. You know, they'll be fine. Tennessee's going to get the dub. I would say 
no sir on that. But uh, Spencer, I would agree with you. I think the Colts uh, take this dub. I think it's a close game. I think Derrick Henry has a better game. Um, but I think the Colts, like I mentioned, they were one and four. Now they're three and four. They, you know, they're the second best team in that division, in my eyes, just because I think, you know, they have a better, they have a better O line in my opinion. Tennessee does, and their defense looks more consistent. Um, but I think the Colts take this dub because you know tight division game and Tennessee having two big huge games that they won, they may fall back a little bit. All right, Don, do you have another clean sweep with the Colts, or are you going to go different pick the Titans this week? I would go clean sweep, but um, I like Derrick Henry in my backfield, so um, I'm going to go ahead and take the Titans being the only guy to pick the Titans this week. Um, yeah, I think the Titans are playing great football right now. Um, Derrick Henry's looking like an MVP candidate. Um, we'll see how he does this week against the Colts defense. Uh, division games are always tough, but I'm going to take the Titans to win in a close one. Yeah. Um. Next up, we have at the four o'clock window. We have Jacksonville, Seattle. No, we're not doing that game. I swear. That uh, game, come on. Uh, that game might be really good, but it's not worth our time to preview. We, I do want to preview Tampa Bay, New Orleans. Um, you know, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady played red hot football again, just uh, through six hundred touchdown pass in the regular season. Um, this is the first meeting since the wild card game last year um, in the playoffs where Tom Brady, you know, got swept in the regular season. Uh, it was the first time he had won the division in quite some time. Makes the playoffs anyway, and then he ends up going into New Orleans and you know, ending their season, ending Drew Brees' career, unfortunately. That was the final game of his career. So this is the first time Tampa's been back to New Orleans since fateful day in January. And I just don't see how you can bet against Tom. Like, I, I can never do that. I've seen him too much. 21 touchdowns, three interceptions on the year. James Winston also has three interceptions, only 13. Um, believe it or not, Tom Brady actually has double the the uh, pass attempts that Jameis Winston has. I'm looking at it right now on ESPN. Brady's thrown the ball 303 times. Winston's only 151 times. So, that's something to watch out for. Kamara, I think he has a big day anyway. Um but in the day, I'm not betting against Tom, even without Gronkowski on that team, even without AB. You know, he still has Evans, still has Godwin. I don't see how you're going to stop that Tampa Bay offense, honestly. So I'm going Buccaneers um, on Sunday night or afternoon, excuse me. Dolan, how do you see Bucks Saints going down? Oh, uh-huh. it's going to be good, but I'm going to take the Bucks. I just think that they're better overall. Um, I think they'll go into New, into uh, New Orleans and get the win. All right, uh, Christian, your uh, preview for Buck Saints on Sunday. I mean, not much of one, honestly. <laughs> um, New Orleans needs Michael Thomas, man. Like they need him because without him, this offense is not dynamic. There's not a lot of players on this team besides Alvin Kamara, that can really change 
and really make this offense go. Um, James Winston's a good quarterback. He's doing okay for New Orleans right now. He has good games, but he has bad games. And when they're bad, oh my gosh. But um, what I think New Orleans is, it's just they're mediocre. Now, yes, do I think New Orleans fans are going to go off on Tom Brady? Do I think it's going to be a loud atmosphere? I don't know what New Orleans or Louisiana's wall is with how many people can be in Mercedes-Benz. But say if it wasn't COVID-19, you know, no COVID-19 ever existed, that place would be roaring. Like, Tom Brady wouldn't hear a daggum thing, but I still think Tom Brady would carry out the win. Um, I'm not going to make a prediction like, oh, you know, win by however many touchdowns. But I think it's going to be more of in a two-possession game. I think it's going to be more of a blowout in this game. Just because I think Tampa Bay is just way too good. They have, you know, the better offensive line, like the better um, running back, you know, group, even though the single running back, Alvin Kamara, is way better than Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, and others. But I think they have a better running back room. Obviously, Tampa has the better quarterback. I think they have the better defense. They have a better receiving core, especially if Mike Tom out. So I think Tampa wins this game pretty easily. Yeah. So I'm looking up New Orleans. I think every team has a full capacity allowed. There's any restrictions that I'm aware of. Also, a little known fact: this is only the second home game um, that they the Saints have played inside New Orleans because you know Week One they had to move it to Jacksonville because of uh, inclement weather that hit the um, the state. Then they had two straight road games. They went to the Giants and they had two straight road games. So they're back on a Monday night. A um, little bit of a short week for them. Um, other game that I want to pick, it's actually interesting. Sunday night football, you have Dallas and Minnesota, both teams coming off a bye week. So both teams have had ample time to prepare for this matchup. It's in Minnesota. I do think the Vikings keep it close. I just think Dalvin Cook, you know, he's a very good running back, obviously. But And Justin Jefferson's electric on the outside. But at the end of the day, Dak Prescott is a – much, I'm not gonna say much better, but I, I I like Dak Prescott a lot more than I like Kirk Cousins, and I think that the two-headed backfield in Dallas of Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard is gonna be a lot. I don't know, can Minnesota's defense handle it? I think they keep it close. I do. They don't. I don't think it's gonna be a blowout, but I'm gonna side with the Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? You know, Skip Bayless always says Skip Bayless gonna be happy next Monday um, that the Cowboys get the victory. In my opinion, that's how I see it going down. Dallas only has the one loss to Tampa Bay in week one. Do not sleep on the Dallas Cowboys because their schedule, it's pretty favorable going forward. You got Broncos, Falcons. Uh, then you got Chiefs team is on the road. The Chiefs have not looked that hot. That game could be a lot better, though, when that matchup comes around in a few weeks. But I got Dallas this week. Christian, how do you see Dallas and Minnesota going down Sunday night in Minnesota? So, I'm just want to, you know, I'm a stats guy, so I want to look at the stats right now for both teams. So, if we just look at who is playing better from an offensive standpoint. Uh, running game, it belongs to the Dallas Cowboys. In the passing game, shockingly, not even 100-yard difference between Kirk and Dak. Not even 100 yards. So... Kirk is playing pretty – if you were saying Dak is doing really well, Kirk's – you know, Kirk's right there, you know. 
Um, when you look at receiving yards, you know, the main guy for Dallas is C.D. Lamb. But uh, as well in Dallas, Amari Cooper's doing really well. Dalton Schultz, the tight end, is doing pretty good. You know, we're not seeing much of uh, other, you know, other uh, players. Michael Gallup, of course, like he's hurt and everything. But he's almost a non-factor. And we're not really seeing Cedric Wilson or any of the running backs going out, uh, you know, kind of in, uh, you know, as their check down. But, I mean, with Minnesota, yes, Justin is doing really well. But after him and Adam, KJ's okay. They're tied in Taylor Conklin's eye, and then it goes nowhere. Um, but I think this is going to be a very close game. This was Sunday Night Football like two years ago, and Minnesota, I believe, lost this game because Kirk is just not good in primetime games. When the spotlight is on him, he kind of fades away. He's not that same kind of guy. And Dak Prescott, uh, he injured his calf uh, at the very end of the last game. He, you know, he jumped up and kind of landed on it wrong. And I think he'll be able to play this Sunday. But, man, I got to go with the Dallas Cowboys, man. I got to go with, you know, those Cowboys because they're playing tremendous. I mean, they are doing so well offensively. Their defense is just on another level. Travion Diggs. He's a rookie, and yet he's probably the most entertaining dude on that defense. And he's really carrying that swagger that uh, defenses need. You know, Baltimore had Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. The guys who make that defense, just make that entire part of the team feel like, okay, we're a really good team. Okay, we're this good. We're that good. You know, we got that swagger. We're, you know, one of the best teams in – best defenses in football, that that can motivate, you know, a team going forward. You know, they're fresh. You know, I would say, uh, you know, week seven bye is not the best, but it's good enough, especially um, with the season being a little bit longer. But uh, I think Dallas, you know, comes off a bye and they get the dub over Minnesota. All right. Dolan, how do you see this match going down uh, on Sunday night? This one is going to be a clean sweep, gentlemen. I'm going to take the Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you know, uh, people want to call me a Dak hater. It's not what I am, okay? I'm a fan of Dak Prescott. I just do not like Dallas Cowboy fans very much, especially when they talk and talk and talk and talk and talk some more um, about said Cowboys um but you know I think I think they have a really really good team uh Trayvon Diggs is an outstanding corner um and you know they're they're playing they're playing really really well right now um I think they'll take care of business against Minnesota all right so like I said these games the five games we decide to pick hopefully week nine uh, I'm gonna look up briefly ahead. We get somewhat better matchups. That's more exciting. Um, there's a few games you know that jump out right now. Okay, and actually, it just looks another. It'll be another very boring week. What we'll get there. We get there. 
But anyway, thanks again for listening to Out of Bounds. As always, I'm Spencer Brown. I'm Dalton Bishop. I'm Christian Nerds. So thanks for listening, guys, and enjoy the rest of your day.